Hi everybody, welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And you can hear I'm in the mobile studio, I'm heading back from hospital, from seeing my daughter. Um, it's been a tough time for her these past uh, past few days. Uh, but. The, the struggle goes on for her for a little bit longer. So today, interesting topic. As I was driving in, I was listening to um, a, a news piece on the ABC radio, and it was a, a clothing, a clothing discussion, and they were talking about the number of, oh sorry, the the volume of clothes, on average, that are thrown out in the world each. By each person each year, and I was quite astounded. I think it was something like fourteen point six kilos of clothes goes to landfill from what people throw out each year. And so this story talked about a few different key things, and uh, around oh, where where to start. First of all, the recycling of clothes. And they were saying that it's not as easy as you would think to just recycle clothes because. So in other words, it's not straightforward so that you can't just put, um, I don't know, say a clothes, like you would put like a tree into a chipper kind of thing and turn it into mulch and it could have one purpose. Um, certain types of plastics could be the same thing uh, because they're, they're separate. But when it comes to clothing, it's more complicated because when you've got natural fibres mixed with synthetic fibres, they can't just recycle the whole whole product. And then... Of course, they're talking about when you've got uh, buttons, so plastic or whatever else they're made of. You've got zips, you've got metal clasps and and other bits and pieces that are involved with these clothes. They're talking about stretchy jeans, how that's a whole other, another thing. So everything cannot be just recycled as simply as you would think. And so then when you come to address that issue, you say, well, well, how do you fix that? And... I guess an element of it is education in terms of what people are doing with their clothes. Uh, a part of it, well, let's start there. We'll, we'll start with the, um, the, the recycling of clothes. A lot of people just throw their clothes out. Okay, so what they're encouraging is for people to um, like recycle their clothes, rewear, um, I don't know what the word is, um, you know, basically give them to thrift stores and, and that kind of thing so that they can then be recycled, pre-loved clothes, all that kind of stuff. Like my two girls, for instance, we've got um, a few thrift shops around town, but there is, there's one big one um, that's always filled with people. And they love going, going shopping there. It's like shopping for a bargain because you, you're talking about maybe 10% of the price that you'll pay for say a designer pair of jeans for instance or branded t-shirts and clothes and that kind of stuff and what somebody has either grown out of doesn't like anymore uh, etc um, they they give it to this store and then they can not only make some money for a good charitable cause but also it's having a massive impact on a positive impact on the environment because people aren't going to buy new clothes they're going to this store and they're they're um, reusing clothes that have been pre-loved by someone else. So that's one aspect of it. 
And then the other aspect that they were talking about, which was, was really quite interesting, is looking at a lot, why are people throwing clothes out to start with. Or, and some of them are just, they're just no good at all anymore. And then that's a whole other thing when, okay, it is absolute end of life for a product. Uh, what do you do with it? You know, can you convert it to rags or, or something like that? So that's a whole other piece of work. But then they were talking about um, going back to businesses and it's really at the start of the process for them to say, okay, well, what are we making our clothes out of? We need to perhaps make clothes out of um, products that are going to last longer so that people will wear their clothes longer. And then, of course, there's an element of education to the public to say, well, you should love your clothes for longer as opposed to let's just go with the next, the next brand. So one of the things that I've noticed, that, so I love Puma, right? I, the clothes, uh, I wear two types of clothes. It's either, I don't know, sportswear, activewear, that kind of thing, or it's a suit. Um, that's pretty much it. I hate wearing jeans. It's, it's rare to see me in a pair of jeans. I just find them really uncomfortable. And uh, like most of the time I'm working with clients, it's normally working in uh, like really comfortable uh, clothes, but I also want to look good, and I find that the Puma brand of clothes work best for me. Um, I'm a shorter guy, so uh, slim fitting clothes uh, work better. I prefer their styles, the fabrics, etc., etc. But one of the things that I have noticed with uh, their clothes, particularly the uh, the tops, um, so whether it's um, like a zip up, most of the ones I get a zip up. I find that those styles are a little bit more. Um, I don't know, they just look better on me. I've noticed that I'm wearing one right now, and uh, they fade uh, after, I don't know, 20 washes maybe, and they start to fade, and they start to look a little bit worn, and they're not made of super thick fabric, the ones that that I get. Um, They're they're not super thick. Parts of them are, but then other parts are uh, are not. So there's a, a real question of, okay, obviously, um, where the manufacturers make their money is by getting people to buy seasonal, different colours, etc., etc. But an element also is if you don't make the clothes to last as long, then people are going to buy buy more of it. And I guess over time, people realise that well, you know, this is only going to last me for a season, maybe two. And because you know you like the brand and you just expect that that's going to be the case maybe within two, two seasons, two years, maybe three years, uh, you're definitely going to get new stuff anyway. So what's the, the best way we can, we can make the most bang for our buck? And like I'd be thinking, okay, it's going to come down to design. You want it to look good, um, some different patterns, different styles, different colors, different prints of branding, that kind of thing. And how can I do that as cheaply as possible? Uh, not falling apart, being solid, but having people continue to come and buy from it. And over time, like all my active type wear has been replaced with Puma wear and my old sort of wind sheeters uh, that I have or used to have, I've uh, recycled those. So somebody else can have them, like they might be branded of like old ones of Adidas or, you know, some other sports brand. I think, well, you know, this doesn't fit me anymore. Either it's too big or it's, 
you know, I just, I'm not comfortable in it anymore, so I'll, I'll get rid of it. And so it's an interesting question around getting the, the manufacturers to make stuff that lasts longer. Uh, so I think in the context of the conversation on the, the ABC was um, implying around um, like jeans, I think, uh, pants, making, making them uh, a little bit more, more sturdy. Now when it comes to my suit pants and uh, my suit jackets, I'll say the pants because the, the jackets, it's harder to tell because they're lined. Now I don't wear a suit every day. Um, I wear one at least a couple of times a week if I'm doing filming uh, with people uh, for business interviews. If I am uh, going to my weekly networking meeting, I wear a suit. Now, my well, apart from my undies, I would say that the suit fabric is the thinnest out of my entire wardrobe. Uh, but the the weave is a good weave, so I buy good quality tailored suits with good fabric, but they are they are thin. Now, how many years am I going to wear a suit for? Well, I guess that comes down to the fashion and the style, uh, but same deal, uh, because of what I invest in a suit, I would always recycle, I would never throw out a suit. I would always uh, give it to a thrift store or one that I wanted to support, because there's so many of them, uh, and um, somebody else could get a, a really good quality suit, and maybe not suit my style anymore, but suit someone else's. Um, and then I guess you've got your business shirts. Now for me, a business shirt, um, again, I buy good quality ones, but uh, again, it's coming down to uh, making sure that they're made of really good fabrics. What annoys me is the amount of creasing that you get in, in shirts, for instance. So there you've got that natural fiber with the, um, the, you know, the synthetic uh, fibers and stuff. So from a recycling perspective, I guess they're really tricky. Um, but yeah, it's really going back to the manufacturers and saying, well, how can you do better to make sure that this product that you are putting out into the market has an end of life plan? And that is, one, making it last longer in the hands of the person that's purchasing it. Two, educating the people about wearing it longer and then uh, making sure that people are, are doing the right thing with it at the other end. And then, you know, are they making sure that it's made out of product that is, uh, you know, friendly to the environment? Um, they also discussed about having repair places. So um, a lot of uh, companies, when they make stuff, that, like there's no specific Puma repair store, for instance, because they're made as disposable items. Um, they're not made as repairable items, but there are... Um, if you think about it, if you had better quality products that would last longer, they cost a little bit more, uh, but you also knew if there was something wrong with it, you could take it to get repaired somewhere at the Puma repair shop, for instance, rather than just going to a, a normal sort of tailor that could maybe fix it. Then they were talking about that as well. And so if you think about the, the phone, what do Apple do very well? Well, they've got the whole process sewn up, don't they? They have, um, uh, maybe I'll work through the life cycle of, of Apple in a second, but, and obviously that's not closed, but uh, it's a similar concept. Um, the, uh, with the clothes, I've lost my train of thought as I'm merging lanes onto a freeway. Just hold on for a moment. Let's just get across here and get nice and safe. I need to change one more lane. I'm going to get across three lanes. All right, I'm good now. 
Um, yeah, so when we're talking about the repair of the clothes, uh, getting the manufacturers to put that into their model as well. And then what's the ultimate end of life plan for that? Um, so for instance, I don't know, take a look at a battery for instance. So at the end of the life of a battery, there's battery recycling places uh, where you can take your batteries so that don't go into harm the environment and uh, you know, they can be recycled. The same with the clothes. You know, this particular manufacturer uh, needs to perhaps put in place a process where they can say, well, at the end of life of this product, we, at the end of your use of it, we want you to recycle it by like, gifting it to someone else, basically. And then at the end of the, like, the, end of the entire life cycle of this product, you put it in perhaps these particular bins or you take it back to the particular store and all of those items are taken back to the original factory and they are recycled completely, pulling apart the threads, whatever, however it happens, whatever needs to happen. And then those products go into making new products. I mean, how cool would that be? So that the, the process goes through ultimate uh, multiple life cycles. I think that would be quite special. So if you, now if we talk about the phone. So if you think about Apple, um, very clever. They come out with, what, one a year? I think this year the iPhone 14 at the time of recording this is coming out in October, I think someone told me today. Um, so I think there's one a year about that or maybe it's a bit longer. Um, so what are they doing? They're, they're coming out with a brand new product. So that excites people about, wow, what are the new features of this phone? What's to get excited about this? And yes, my phone is not that old, but I can recycle it. How do you do that? Well, you can trade it in. You can trade your phone in to get a discount off the next phone. You can, um, you know, and you sell it to Apple, say. What do Apple do? Well, they check it out, clean it, recondition, whatever. They then on-sell it to someone else to use it so somebody doesn't have to pay full price anymore, but they pay pretty much full price. And anyway, that phone is still in circulation. It's not like it goes into landfill. It's recycled. Um, the Apple stores are set up so that what? If there's a break, so a repair to the clothes, for instance, you take it to the store and they will fix the phone for you with their parts, etc. And it's all genuine. You know that it's good quality, etc., etc. It's all taken care of that way. So in the market with their, their new clothes, oh, sorry, their new brands, um, sorry, not new brand, but their new model, um, they're creating an appetite. And so you can do the same thing with clothes, right? You could have the new, um, let's say the, the jacket that I'm wearing right now. Uh, the new version of that comes out. Maybe it's seasonal, whatever, however often they want to bring it out. And yeah, am I always going to wear the same color? No. Uh, do I want it to last? Yes, I do. Do I want it to fade? No, I don't want it to fade. I want it to always look, look good. Um, but there will come a time perhaps when, you know, I'm sick of wearing this is black. And maybe I'm sick of wearing this black, this model, etc. But I, I want to sell it or I want to, you know, gift it to someone else. Uh, then I can do that. And you know that it's going to hold its value, whatever, and, and be a good, good item to pass on to someone else. Then fantastic. If it needs repair, then I know where I can take it to, to get fixed and be replaced by genuine parts, etc., etc. And um, you know, in that process, there's another way of branding. So let's just say, oh no, I'm going to use an obvious, an obvious thing here. You know, back in the old days when 
probably back in the 80s, maybe even the 90s. If you wore the elbow out in something, they'd sew a patch over the elbow. So that's to say that there's now a next generation of branding, which is patches, or I'm just using that because you can visualize it, right? And say there's a hole um, and you, I don't know, maybe they turned into a designer hole um, to make it a, you know, that part of the jeans. Or you've got another option where you can put a patch over it. Now you only get these patches when they're repaired. And so that makes them unique and exclusive because, oh wow, this is an exclusive, genuine pair of, you know, repaired Levi jeans. So wow, there's only a limited number of these. That's pretty special. Um, so it's about ingenuity, but making them from greater things, like greater quality uh, products and, and so forth, and coming up with the whole um, the whole process. I just found it a really interesting conversation that they were having, uh, and it does make you think about what is it that you're doing in your business where you are not considering, um, sorry, considering the impact that you're having on the planet. Maybe uh, like. The products that I produce are, are services. Well, the products are services. That doesn't make sense. The items that I produce are services. Having said that, um, I've got a hard copy book uh, that is published in the US, but we're, we're all pretty good at recycling books, I think. Uh, the books go to um, same sort of thing, thrift stores and things like that, and then they can on-sell them. Uh, end of life of a book, it goes in the, the recycling and the paper that's in the book can be recycled for other products ultimately around the globe. So that's, it could be recycled here in Australia, it could be, you could take the book overseas somewhere and it could be in a recycling bin if they've got them, pop it in there and that will be appropriately recycled uh, for you know, other products, etc. So I think that is an important thing to consider. So when, you, when you're looking at what it is that you're doing I think it's really important to start having, even if it's not a big focus of you right now, I think it needs to be, what's your global footprint? Because I think politically here in Australia, the, we had a change of government at the last federal election here a few months ago. Um, so it was Liberal was in power, now Labor's in power. I think there was a couple of reasons that the government lost the federal election. Sometimes it comes down to personality, uh, but... In this particular case, I think, well, COVID, a certain couple of aspects of COVID weren't handled very well by the leader. Like just his conversations to the public, etc. I think he comes across as being a strong leader, uh, like a stronger leader than the, the current one. But I think his messaging and maybe his advice around messaging, his marketing of the message was poor in a couple of instances. And that's come back to bite him in a big way. I also think that the marketing messages he's had around uh, climate have been quite poor and that voters have really stood up. And so the climate change has been a massive, massive thing here for people to uh, vote against the, the old federal government. Um, obviously global warming is an aspect uh, here with the, the bushfires, the extreme heat, the floods, we've had like three lots of thrud, floods through the northern Australia. Some people have been flooded, you know, two or three times. Um, and so it's very topical for people. And they felt that the federal government, old one, had not done enough in terms of climate change. 
So I think people, particularly my, my girls and that generation and even a little bit beyond, are very, very conscious around the impact that they're having on the globe, the global footprint. Um, recycling is a major, major thing for them. Um, this generation that we're living in right now, <clears throat> as teenagers and young adults, uh, vegetarian and veganism is huge. Why? One, because I think it's trendy, but also um, some very clever marketing by vegetarians and, and vegan organisations to uh, demonstrate the impact that animals and killing animals is having on the you know having on the planet and being able to do it a better way. And certainly from a food sustainability perspective, um, plant food has way less impact on the planet than and the land than animals do. Um, having said that, I, I eat a lot of plant food, uh, but I still eat uh, my, my animal protein as well. So um, I, I just find it's a really great source for me. So I'm not about to change that. But the point is that uh, you need to be aware of what it is that you're doing with your products and services so that you can be assured that you're tapping into an ever-increasing growing market. I think we're going to be forced in the, the years that, that come ahead. I mean, we, so here for instance, I don't know what year it was, uh, around year 2000, something like that, that GST was introduced here. So goods and services tax, we didn't have an extra tax, it's 10% here. Um, we didn't have an extra tax on our goods and services. And that was introduced. I can see a time where, so if you weren't above, uh, if your business income is above $75,000, I think it's still $75,000 here, uh, then you have to start charging GST. So we have some businesses here that deliberately earn less than $75,000. They do a lot of cash jobs so that they stay below seventy-five, um, so that they don't pay GST. Um, it's, it's small-minded thinking. Uh, in terms of uh, recycling and uh, global footprint and all that kind of stuff, then I can see that we get to a stage and a time when uh, we all just have to, as a matter of course, make sure that we're uh, having a, a very clear and demonstrated adherence to a, a global environmental um, policy and tax rules, whatever that's going to look like. Um, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I, I just found the conversation today very curious and it just got me thinking, uh, how many of us out there are not looking at our impact on the environment and looking at what we do do and saying, okay, so how can I be a market leader in this space? What can I be doing to have a, have a better impact with my products and services? So that is my, my message for today. If you want to connect with me, go to mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. You can opt in for a free consultation. I'd love to connect with you. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'll see you tomorrow.